it's a Wednesday morning just after nine o'clock and we're going to be talking about whiskey in circumstance distillery you might know psychopomp on St Michael's Hill psychopomp and circumstance you see what they've done there they've got their other distillery in Whitehall and I'm here today with Sarah and Steph so Steph who are you and what do you do Hi there, um, I'm Steph. Uh, I'm the ops manager for uh, Psychopomp and Circumstance. For uh, yeah, so across both distilleries. And Steph. And Hi. Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Good start. Hi, uh, yeah, I'm I'm Sarah. Um, I'm the um, sales manager and uh, marketing manager for Psychopomp and Circumstance Distillery. And there's a very particular reason why we're talking to you coming up to the end of August and something's around the corner at the beginning of September so who wants to give away the the, the secret? I'll, uh, I'll let the cat out the bag. So, uh, so yeah, we uh, are super excited. We are on the uh, few week rundown now to having our very first whiskey uh, launch, uh, which is super exciting for us. It's been years in the making, um, but also we're really excited to share it with uh, with the whole of Bristol because it's the first one made here uh, for over 80 years, which is pretty cool. 80 years is a long time for Bristol not to have produced a whiskey. So perhaps that shows how difficult and foolhardy this process is is that a fair assumption yeah uh, yeah I think that's a fair assumption yeah there's definitely a uh, a certain amount of patience needed um, there's also obviously the uh, the boring legal bits of certain licenses as well um, it's a different license to uh, to create things from ferment so actually get bags of grains and, and make them into whiskey um, uh, and we're, we're yeah the only person um, or company I should say uh, we talk as if it's a person um, we're the only company in the uh, in the area that has that license which is pretty pretty cool so we can get the boring bit out of the way the boring licenses yeah. the you know the EU who needs the EU with their with their ludicrous rules about when you can call a whiskey a whiskey but we can soon start drinking Bristol's whiskey so I've got a funny feeling Sarah that you may have had a few tastes along the way of <laughs> grain spirit is that is that right you're not allowed to call a whiskey until a certain date but yeah. you can still drink the liquid but you just can't call it a whiskey yeah yeah exactly um you can't call it whiskey until it's been for at least three years in a barrel um so obviously we are we are quite a young distillery so that's what we're going to have a first whiskey is going to be over three years um but what we've been producing before they were grain spirits so they are made exactly in the same way that you will make a whiskey um but you're just not allowed to call them that so you know we had um, a rice spirit a corn spirit which are delicious um and as i said they're made exactly in the same way we're just not really allowed to call them uh, to call them whiskey yet and I can also confirm that they are delicious. Um, so tell me about um, the first circumstance whiskey. Let's have a little. Let's have a little. Imagine that we are. We've got the liquid in our glass, and we're about to taste it. What can we expect? Um, so it's a single grain whiskey. Uh, so it's uh, a barley base. Um, we have used a mix of malted barley um, and unmalted barley. Um, so it's sort of adding to the to the flavour profile of it. Um, we always say we're a liquid first distillery. Um, it's all about what it tastes like um, uh, and sort of layering in flavours right from the start. 
um, which is why we start with organic grains from Warminster Maltings, uh, which has you know already got loads of flavour in there. Um, we then uh, we use lots of non-alternative yeasts, which are also going to um, help uh, layer flavours in. Um, I believe it was a French saison for this um, first whisky. Um, so yeah, it's delicious. <laughs> and so Sarah, from your perspective, you've only been here at Circumstance Psychopomp for about a year. It's yeah, been. It's been an exciting time leading up to this. Yeah, yeah, it's been great. And it actually has been, as soon as I started, it was basically, right, go on. Um, So it's been a really, really exciting time for me to join uh, because obviously there's been, you know, with the whiskey release, there's been loads of work um, that we had to do behind the scenes. Um, So, you know, we're really, really excited of uh, of this happening in literally like about 10 days. Uh, So, yeah, feel a little bit of pressure, but uh, uh, yeah, it's it's been really exciting. And people might recognise you, Sarah, from around Bristol. Where were you before here? <laughs> yeah, um, I used to work with the Season and Taste Group. So um, uh, recently, uh, the latest one, it was a Cantina, which was a, a Mexican, um, like a Mexican restaurant in Whooping Worth. Um, so I've been with that company for a really long time, and it's been like a really nice transition to, you know, moving from hospitality, but still being involved in the hospitality sector, but just with a different company now. And I've always been really interested in, uh, you know, spirits, the Kira Mezcal is my background, and then moving from that to whiskey, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's been really, really, really uh, exciting for me. So let's get a bit, let's get a bit deep here. What are the similarities and differences between Mezcal and whiskey? <laughs> um, are there any, you know, they're both amazing, yeah. amazing drinks, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, are there any similarities? Um, I would say probably the work that goes behind it and you know like the the passion and everything that goes behind it in terms of you know mezcal obviously takes a lot like a really really long time and you want the plant to to be ready basically so it will take a really long time for the plant to actually reach maturity so sometimes you will wait 10-15 years just for the plant to be ready Um, whilst if you're thinking about whiskey it's similar but the stage is a little bit different let's say so the stage is a later stage um, so obviously you will have um, the fact that you have to age the spirit in in the cast for example um, so yeah we say kind of like the passion and the time that goes into it is is definitely uh, something that is, is quite similar in that in that from that point of view um, and yeah definitely all of the work that goes behind it in our case, the fact that we use loads of different um, type of uh, like fermentation. Um, long hopper fermentation is definitely something that I think is really similar. Um, the standard um, whiskey fermentation, let's say, even if it's a long one, will be four to five days. In our case, we use long open one for about 14 days. So that is kind of like the the way that we ferment things. Um, and that means that all of the funky flavors, they kind of like develop in that stage that's really similar when you're making tequila and mezcal. Um, when I went to Mexico, I saw all of these like massive tanks that they were literally open. They were bubbling away, fermenting, and all of the funky flavors that were great on that stage. So that's something that is very, very similar with uh, what we're doing here. Um, so yeah, they're kind of like loads of uh, points of comment. So. That is an amazing answer. Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> and when I, when I walked in after a cycle along the railway path, there was some mashing going on. So this is a, an amazing smells of... Um, well, look, Steph, do you want to set the scene about what's <laughs> been happening 
here this morning? What did we what did we just witness, and what can we still smell? Uh, so so yeah, when you turned up the uh, this morning and cycled in, um, we had uh, Mark and Andrew, two of our distillers, um, actually mashing this morning. So uh, we have a, a big old mash tun. Uh, it sort of uh, looks a little bit like a hot tub, um, <laughs> uh, just to set the scene for the <laughs> for the people. Um, but it's uh, you wouldn't want to get in it. It gets far too hot. Um, so yeah, they have uh, literally been getting those bags of grains that you can see the other ones there um, from Warminster, tipping those in um, with the hot water. Um, that's going to get the sugars going um, um, to start the fermentation. And is that Bristol water? So is that tap water? It is, yeah. It's just good old Bristol water. Yeah. What we might be able to hear in the in the background is that is that the water that's going to come out of the tap? Or is that for something else? Uh, that's actually for um, for something else. That's for dilution. So there's two types of water um, when you're making spirits. Uh, the water before you hit the still um, uh, can be good old Bristol tap. Uh, distillation is a form of filtration, so you don't need to um, worry as much about it. I feel like I'm in a chemistry class. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, uh, yeah, the water that you want to use after to dilute it to bottling strength, um, that needs to be a sort of super filtered, so it's not going to add any additional flavours that you don't want. Um, so, yeah, what you see coming out of there um, is a super filtered water, basically, we can use to, to dilate, dilute uh, some of the gins. And talking of the gins, on the on the shelves we've got gins for gins for Bravas, gins for Old Market Assembly, Honest Burgers. We've got a coffee liqueur. We've got a Negroni. I mean, you guys keep busy. <laughs> we do, yeah. We uh, we love to keep busy, as I'm sure you're aware of. You like to keep busy yourself. <laughs> and a summer cup as well, which I can I, I can also wholeheartedly recommend. <laughs> My last, my last visit up to Cyclepont, that's what we were talking about, weren't we, Steph? It was, yeah. We, we just love making things, in all honesty. Um, we're a really small team across both sites. Um, there is only seven of us at complete uh, full tilt, and that's when Danny Walker's back in the country. Um, uh, so it's only that. But we just, yeah, we, we love making stuff. We love flavour. We love uh, challenging ourselves to see and keep learning and keep making things so uh, yeah we also love collaborating so the gins um, uh, is, a, is a great opportunity for that because obviously it's a lot it's a lot quicker as a spirit to produce um, and it means that we can um, work with uh, other companies specifically on their flavour and make yeah. something for them I'm one of uh, Sarah's old stomping grounds, Bravas there as yeah, well, I yeah, see. Yeah. Sarah actually helped make that recipe yeah. when she worked for Bravas. It was, it was crazy. <laughs> when uh, I came here, it was probably about like eight years ago or something. And I, at the time, I was working at Bravas. Um, so we came, it was five of us, and we came, we actually went to Cycle Pump, and we made that gin. Um, so we kind of like did loads of different recipes and loads of different tests, and then we put them together. So it was like a little circle that I'm working for, uh, <laughs> for the company. So yeah. And now you're here, and so what can Bristol look forward to with the launch of our city's first gin for eight decades? What's going to be happening around the launch? Um, loads of things so we um, obviously gonna have a full week of uh, kind of like events um, we're gonna do like a little countdown for, for the actual launch and when it's gonna happen um, we have a membership so is a membership for just a hundred people um, it's basically like a, a club 
So we're going to do uh, a special event for, for them. So it's going to be a, um, like an exclusive tasting uh, for, for the members of, uh, of a club. Um, that's going to be on the 5th. Um, and then on the 10th of September, um, which is going to be the Saturday, we're going to do a big party. So it's going to be a big open day at the distillery. Um, so we basically just going to open we're going to open the door, um, we're going to have some uh, food trucks, we're going to have some music, um, we're going to set up a bar, um, so we're going to make some cocktails with our spirits, and then we're going to have some local beers as well, so it's going to be a really, really nice uh, day to basically celebrate. Um, that's going to be obviously for the whiskey launch, but that's also because it's going to be our fourth birthday. Um, so first week of September for us is very busy, so we've got <laughs> loads of things going on. Uh, but yeah, definitely Saturday 10th of September. It's going to be a big party that we're going to have in here. For sure, yeah. We've also made um, uh, a nice map for everybody. Um, we really want um, as many people to try it and uh, taste it and be involved um, with this as possible. Um, so, yeah, we've got a map of all uh, the venues around Bristol from pubs to tap rooms to restaurants, um, uh, everyone in between, um, so people can go and find where those bottles are and so they can go and try a little dram somewhere as well. Yeah. So how are you feeling right now, Steph? Because it's been a long process. I mean, we, we, were you around when when um, when the idea was first mooted for a whiskey? And how did you feel back then and how do you feel right now? Um, I was, yeah. I've actually worked for the company for six years. So, um, yeah, when it was the first twinkle in Danny and Liam and Mark's eye to start putting in those um, uh, licenses all those many years ago. Um, yeah, I can't quite believe actually that all that time has passed. Um, it's always seemed like this thing that was far off, you know, like, oh, it's in a barrel, it's there, it, it's going to happen. Um, so it's uh, exciting, overwhelming, uh, sleep stealing all, all at the same time. Um, yeah, it's, it's great. And I'm just looking over your shoulder at the barrels. So uh, is that where? Let's wander over. Yeah, let's, let's do a. Let's do a. So we're just walking through the distillery at the moment. What's that we can see on the on the right, Sarah? Oh, that's our still. Um, so um, we we have a hybrid still. So as you can see, the pot is still a still, but then we have the the wood and the uh, the hood and the um, columns. They are copper. Um, so that's the still that we use to make all of our green spirits, um, organic vodka, the rum, and then of course the whiskey. Um, it looks so kind of like a giant octopus tentacle. Um, <laughs> We'll have yeah. a little look at the photos, hopefully on on Bristol247.com, if 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 my photography skills can yeah. can I, work. I always think it kind of looks like little windows of a like a submarine, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 not a tip. I don't think it's a typical still, is it? Um, it's not um necessary. You get obviously lots of different stills for different spirits and and things like that. Um, the most traditional um in sort of Scotch and Irish would be the two big pots. Um, uh, but yeah, we we're obviously more of a, a modern distillery, um, so so yeah, we use a slightly different um, uh, hybrid still. And that's uh, and that's a good point, and it leads me on to my to my question that psychopomp circumstance, you're a modern forward-thinking distillery slash distilleries, mm -hmm. but you've got to do this through a very traditional process. So is it is it quite a, a um, a difficult marriage of the two, being 
forward thinking but traditional at the same time? Um, sometimes it definitely uh, demands extra thinking about and extra conversations um, and things like that. We, we definitely want to always respect the past and respect the traditions and respect what's come for it. Um, but um, it would seem stupid to us as a new young distillery uh, to try and remake Scotch in Bristol. That just seems like a pointless endeavour. Um, so trying to push it forward and um, look for flavour and and um, and yeah, do, do it in a different way. Seems much more exciting for us and for the people drinking it as well. So we've come to what I'm going to call the barrel storage, literally just a corner of the a corner of the distillery, and we've got I reckon about more than a hundred barrels here. Some with rum written on them, some with different colours on them. Um, so what have we got? What have we got here? Um, so they are all different uh, casks. Um, the one that you can see that have the color, they are basically kind of like um, indication of what is inside. So you can see that we have some blue casks, some red casks, and some uh, yellow one. Um, the blue is the one that contain in barley. Um, the red one, they have rye. And then the yellow one, they are wheat. And the um, ones without any colors, are they empty? Are they still to be filled? They are still to be filled. The only reason why they haven't got the color is because when we fill them, we um, didn't have the organic certification so what is inside of, uh, of that the liquid that is in there is made from organic um, uh, grains but at the time we didn't have the organic certification so um, that's kind of like for us to to recognize them as well what we've got here we've got some we've got some virgin barrels and we've got some some other barrels and so would you ever age any of your liquids in barrels that have already had a liquid in or would you age your liquids in these virgin barrels? So, um, yes to both of those actually. Um, the um, barrels that you see in front of you is a real mix. Um, some of these are completely virgin barrels, um, uh, new European oak, ex-Andean, um, which come from Colombia and things like that. Um, and then some of these barrels have been used before. Um, uh, some of them are ex-bourbon, so they've had um, bourbon in them. Some of them um, have had port or muscat. Um, uh, so yeah, there's a real uh, there's a real mix. Um, obviously, all of that is all about layering flavors into it, flavors from the wood, but also flavors um, from what um, has been in there before. Um, uh, it's one of the things that we really like searching for and looking for. Um, uh, traditionally, and I always use that so people can sort of understand the difference. But with Scotch, they would traditionally um, just use ex-bourbon, so over from America. Um, we do have some of those, and the first whiskey is an ex-bourbon cask. Um, but yeah, we've got loads of things from these tiny little cute 30-litre um, um, chestnut barrels as well. So all the things are going give, to give different flavours. So for the benefit of the listeners, Steph was pointing at those <laughs> small, uh, small, <laughs> small barrels. Yeah, people can't see me uh, points, can yeah. they? <laughs> so it, it, it always fascinates me because um, we're talking about we're talking about whiskey. So I'm sorry, sorry to get a little bit carried away here, but the the Coopers were once an amazingly important industry in Bristol, and mm. Coopers Hall, still in front of the old Vic, right on King Street, just shows the importance of the Coopers, who were once upon a time making these barrels. So it's amazing to see the work of the Coopers still in existence. Mm. Um, every now and again, would you have to would you have to hammer a hole into these just to see how they're getting on or again is it patience so yeah you can see um there's a little stopper um which you can pull out so yeah intermittently um uh the distillers all uh clamber up there's a um, uh, a little uh, thief they call it uh, the tool to get it out um and they'll pop it in and take little samples um and just 
yeah, uh, sort of follow its journey alongside the barrel. Um, it's why we always, uh, it's hard to plan and hard to be able to tell you exactly what's coming in the next few years um, because we really want the liquid to tell us when it's ready. Um, so it's a, it's a case of, yeah, following it and tasting it. And that's, and that's the polar opposite of gin, isn't it? When you can make a gin in, what, less than a day? Uh, you can do it super quick, yeah. Our process at Psychopomp takes three days, but that's still, I mean, super quick compared to the three years that yeah. this whiskey's been, <laughs> been sleeping. <laughs> but we're, we're, we're tantalisingly close. So um, just, just describe, Sarah, what it's like to be you know, at the heart of something that, yeah, Bristol hasn't seen for for. For 80 years, it must be it, it must be an honour. Yeah, yeah. As well as terrifying. It's a bit, uh, yeah, <laughs> a bit terrifying. It's a bit overwhelming as well. Um, but I think because it hasn't it hasn't been something that's been done in Bristol for so long, um, you know, it's very much an honour, and we do feel really proud of it. And that's why we really want to share it with as many people as possible um, in Bristol and non. But um, I think is um, yeah, it's something that is super super exciting, um, and we really want everyone to be able to to try it. So uh, yeah, we're really really looking forward to 5th of September. Sarah and Steph from Psychopomp and Circumstance Distilleries chatting to Martin Booth, editor of Bristol 24/7, about the brand new Bristol whiskey, which we just can't wait for. For the latest breaking Bristol news, all you need to do is head to our website. It's bristol247.com. You can also find details there about becoming a member of Bristol 24-7. Not only do you get some fantastic membership perks, but you get the satisfaction of knowing you're supporting independent journalism right here in Bristol. So head to bristol247.com for the latest. That's it for this episode. We'll catch you again next time.